Welcome to Help Outlook, a podcast and interview series focused on helping pre-health students understand various fields within the world of healthcare. I am your host, Anirudh Modali, and I'm a sophomore at the University of Michigan studying neuroscience and pursuing a career in medicine. My academic interests include neurology, oncology, biomechanics, and sports physiology. Each episode, I interviewed pre-health students, health professionals, and anyone else doing meaningful work or service in healthcare. My goals for this podcast is to help those like me in their pre-health journey to understand the many possible paths we may take to creating a better world around us, as well as improving healthcare on an individual basis. This episode features an enriching discussion with University of Toledo College of Medicine student Avinash Rajasekaran. Avi completed his undergraduate degree in biomolecular sciences and a business administration minor at the University of Michigan. He is now a third-year medical student pursuing internal medicine. This is another interview with a med school student in which I learned a lot about their application process, the rigor of medical school, common pre-med concerns, and his take on some life lessons. I believe many people will benefit from our discussion of his decision to pursue a business minor, to pair with his degree in biomolecular sciences, his advice on pre-med extracurricular activities like volunteering, research, shadowing, as well as some of his hobbies. He also had some great grounded advice and personal experience with MCAT prep, having taken it more than once, which I found very insightful. We also discussed the medical school application process, different types of interview styles that schools use to test their applicants, and we reminisce about pre-COVID times in Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan. My favorite parts of this episode were when he discussed why he decided to go directly into medical school, as well as his explanation of internal medicine, and why there is an increasing number of medical students opting for this field of medicine. This is a very entertaining and informative conversation, and I believe any aspiring physician, whether you're in high school, college, or even further in the process, will be able to take something away from this lengthy episode. I hope you enjoy, and let's dive right into my conversation with Avi. Welcome to the podcast. First off, thank you so much, Avinash, for sitting down with me and discussing your story. Uh, you're actually the first medical student, uh, medical school student interview of the podcast. So I think a lot of people around my age will be interested in our conversation. To start, I'd like to give you the chance to introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay. Hi, my name is Avi. I'm a third year med student at uh, University of Toledo right now. And um, I'm from the great town of Lima, Ohio. Probably not many of you have heard of it, but... Uh, I went to undergrad at the University of Michigan and uh, majored in biomolecular science and had a minor in business administration at Ross um, there. Yeah, anything else do you wanna know or? Um, no, that's pretty much that actually uh, is a great segue into our first topic, your undergraduate years at Michigan. Um, as a fellow uh, Michigan student, uh, I'd like to know as a prospective pre-med when you came in, uh, what were you interested in? Did you have a clear idea about your path or uh, major to med school? Uh, yeah, when I like entered into undergrad, I like wasn't completely sure about what I wanted to do. I had an idea that I wanted to go into pre-med but obviously like I didn't have like too much exposure into it and in high school like my favorite classes were like chemistry biology and math so I just started off and um thinking about doing like a biochemistry major but uh I realized that that major was going to be like pretty intense and since I went to a smaller high school I didn't have as many AP credits coming into college so I, I think somewhere in like my sophomore year, 
I segued to doing the biomolecular science because I knew I wanted exposure to classes outside of the general sciences too. And I thought that that gave me a better opportunity to explore other options at, at Michigan. Interesting. And did you know or keep in the back of your mind that there might be something other than the traditional med school route for you? Um, so I think like one of the advice for everyone is, I think regardless of if you want to go straight into med school or if you want to take a few years off or even some people take 10 to like 20 years off before they go into med school, before they go into med school. But I think everyone should at least have in their mind something that they would do outside of medicine after they finish undergrad because I think getting into getting into med school is one of like one of the harder things in that a postgrad can do and it's not like guarantee for anyone so I think everyone should have like in the back of their mind even if they want to go straight into med school what they would do if they if they didn't get into that's great advice. Yeah. Um, how are the initial stages of being a pre-med student? Obviously, there are a lot of initial milestones, like, you know, the physics sequence, calc sequence. And like you said, um, as a student who didn't come into, uh, who came into college with not many AP credits, you had to kind of go through all of those, right, with uh, the introductory bio sequence and the gen chem sequence, and then obviously the infamous orgo sequence. Um, did anything stand out in your experiences then? And do you have any quick idea, like advice for those currently in the trenches, like, you know, myself with these prereq classes? Yeah, um, I know like a lot of these classes, like they really suck. Like <laughs> they, it feels like you're just grinding like for a long time. And like a lot of it doesn't even feel like it's that relevant to like what medicine is like, but I think, um, just know that like, even if the like the material in the classes itself aren't, you don't feel like it's helping you, just know that the process of like learning the discipline to like study like at like specific times or like getting like a specific amount of studying done per day, like those are like some of the most like valuable skills that you can learn in undergrad that help apply to med school because in med school, I would say like the material, I would say the material in undergrad is actually more difficult to like learn and understand than the med school material is. Um, but the like the difficulty of med school is that there's just so much information that you have to learn in like 18 to 24 months that you like it requires a certain amount of discipline and like structure in your life to help. Mm -hmm. um, like process all of that information. Interesting, that's that's actually a take that I've never really heard before about how the material itself may be um, more difficult in undergrad, but there's just a lot more content uh, in med school. Um, so I'll definitely have to keep that in mind. When yeah, like if, like if you asked me to do any of like that orgo stuff now, like I wouldn't <laughs> like, I don't even know if I could like understand how to like draw all of those bonds or <laughs> <laughs> yeah no even now looking back at some of the stuff when uh friends ask me uh, i have to kind of like i have to turn back the gears a little too yeah. and i only took those stuff last year so, and yeah. like one other thing i think i could be good to add is like like if if you feel like all all these classes like calculus and orgo like 
aren't as interesting for you like make sure to balance that with classes that you do find interesting like i found like some of like my marketing and finance classes like some of like the most interesting classes that i took in in undergrad and i think that like helps just like lighten up your day a bit like gives you like some hope to like just keep going through like so it all ends up working out in the end yeah definitely and uh I personally am also planning on pursuing a business minor in Ross. Um, so when did you decide on pursuing um, a minor that is pretty much, um, I guess, outside the sciences? And uh, yeah, you can definitely find a way to connect healthcare and business. But um, usually when people do minors within uh, pre-med, they kind of use it to, I guess, supplement their GPA or you know, help them further their, I guess, pre-med aspirations. Uh, why did you choose business specifically? Um, so I think it was during my sophomore year of college that I thought about applying for the business minor. And like, I knew that, especially in high school, I was always interested in like the math that was like, like simple math that like you could just do really fast in your head and like apply it to like more like real world situations. And like, I like, especially in college, like I didn't really like, like the upper level calculus classes <laughs> where you're like trying to like find the weight of like a ball based on like the <laughs> equations that you can draw for it. Um, so I wanted to do something that like had like had some like math focus behind it. And then I also knew that like, regard I wanted like a minor where regardless of what field I ended up in, I could like take, have like some small takeaways from it that might help me in both like my professional and personal life. Like, I think I remembered learning like so many things in like my accounting classes and stuff just about like, and finance classes, like how stocks work, like how to like count assets. And I think like, I found that stuff like interesting and that it might be useful even like in my own like personal life, like outside of like healthcare moving forward. Yeah, and um, personally, I think that that's kind of the reason why I'm also pursuing uh, a business minor. Um, this is a very Ross specific question, but did you have any problems with the way that the Ross minors classes are scheduled? Because I know that for a lot of people, um, they kind of run into issues because some classes are supposed to be taken certain semesters for you know Ross classes. Did you have those kind of issues when you're in undergrad? No, I think from speaking to people in the major, I know like when people are doing the Ross major, they're, they've run into like a lot more issues with that where they've had to like switch sections mm -hmm. based on what pre-med, what like additional classes they wanted to take. But the Ross minor was, it's like a very flexible minor. I think okay. like my first two semester, like once I got in the summer between my sophomore and junior year, I think my first two semesters of junior year, I was um, I was trying to like get through all the science classes that I could. So I ended up like only taking one Ross class before I even entered like my senior year of college. But then in senior year, obviously I took like mm -hmm. four or so okay. classes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess now to kind of wrap up the classes portion of your undergraduate years. Um, how did you find the entire MCAT prep journey? Because that's essentially the culmination of all these pre-med prereq classes, right? Um, yeah, so I think studying for MCAT was uh, 
So I guess just to start off, I took the MCAT twice. I took it once halfway through my junior year and then once at the end of my junior year. And I wasn't like completely satisfied with my score when I took it in the like January, but in the middle of my junior year. Um, so I was like really proud of like the way that um, I think I didn't like let myself get down too much from the score and like just worked on like what things I could do differently and like what things I could improve on. Um, and that helped like feed into like doing well in the second attempt. And I think like a lot of like, I think a lot of like the studying in college, like at least I was able to like get away with like not having like a super structured like schedule. Like you could study like whenever you want, like some days you might study like early in the afternoon, then other days, like me and my friends were like studying in like the dental building until like 1am <laughs> in the morning. But I think like, when I was studying for MCAT the second time around, I, I gave myself like a much more structured plan to mm -hmm. study like this many hours per day of MCAT. And I think like, having that like practice for like, a, like a couple months in undergrad was like a really good preparation for like how studying in med school was going to be interesting so um you took the mcat essentially both times preparing uh, alongside with your classes right um, yeah now uh the way that i was planning to do it is to try to prepare over the summer um do you know of any people who have done this and if their experiences are a little different um and how how was your experience prepping for the mcat um different than theirs because you obviously had to juggle the whole prep journey along with you know all these uh you know your your major classes as well as maybe other pre-med classes oh yeah i um yeah i had a few friends who um they were able to take their science classes earlier on. So they mm -hmm. studied for MCAT like in between the summer of their sophomore and junior year. And I think that definitely helped them a lot more. Um, it gave them like the freedom to study like however much they wanted each day and like without the stress of like, like an orgo test that comes up like on a random mm -hmm. Tuesday. And I think that, um, it allowed them to like space out their studying, but also like get through everything that they wanted to get through before they ended up taking their test. So yeah, like I think my my sister is about to like do the same thing and I'm like telling her like, oh, I think that would probably be like a good idea. Like mm -hmm. it definitely like relieves a lot of the stress from, yeah. from it. Definitely. Uh, what are you most proud of in your entire MCAT prep journey? Um. I think it's like kind of like what I was saying before, like just um, like seeing myself be able to like kind of like change gears and like devote like a specific amount of time to study for like, like one specific thing for like an entire like few months. And I think like a lot of undergrad I feel I felt like was just like trying to like remember the information like long enough to get to like the test and then like once you finish the test like you could pretty much forget all of it or like most yeah. of it and I think like MCAT is like part of like it's like a partway transition to that like you do have to remember some of like the info like some of like the big picture information from all the stuff that you learned 
your first two, three years of undergrad. Mm-hmm. But um, like that's like a really good preparation for med school, I feel like, because one of like the biggest challenges of med school is like you do have to know, like remember as much of this information that you're like cramming in like 18 mm-hmm. to 24 months as you can like pretty much for like the rest of your career or like depending on what fields you go into like you have to know certain aspects of that for like a lifetime almost and that's like that's one of like the biggest transitions like the difficulties in the transition to med school because we were having to like learn new information while also retaining old information Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess you could say that the, the stakes are a bit higher when it comes to yeah. uh, retaining the information. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, what, what, would, what did you say is your biggest regret? Um, so I think I wish that I had been a bit more realistic when I originally scheduled my MCAT date, because I think some of the classes that I was taking then were like, I was taking like biochemistry and PCHEM. And I was, like, trying to study for MCAT. That's a tough semester, isn't it? Like, I think all of my friends told me, like, at the beginning of, like, the semester, they're like, yeah, I don't see how you're going to study for MCAT (laughs) on top of this. And, like, if I'm being, like, honest with myself, I don't think I, like, put myself in the best position to succeed for MCAT because I was, like, focusing on those, like, outside, like, on the, like, school classes, which are, like, Mm -hmm. very important to, like, do well into. So I think if I had just been like more realistic with myself during that process and like done a little bit more introspection, I probably would have known that it would have been better for me to like move that MCAT date till later in the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, that's something that um, I kind of kept in mind also when kind of sorting out my class schedule, because I definitely didn't want to be stuck in that position where I had to take something like biochem or pchem while studying for the MCAT so that is great advice Um, I want to talk a little bit about your extracurriculars during your time at Michigan Um, let's start with research I've talked to a couple of guests before on the podcast about how research is usually just another item on the checklist when it comes to a pre-med's journey to med school did you pursue research consistently at Michigan Um, and how did your perspective of research change as you completed your years Yeah, so I did research during my junior and senior year of um, undergrad, and I tried to do more like clinical type research because I knew I knew I like I knew myself and I knew I wasn't like very interested in like the bench research type where you're like like looking at how like mice interact like based on Mm -hmm. like different experiments that you do. Um, So like I originally thought that felt that like research was going to be like a mandatory requirement to get into med school. But now Mm -hmm. that I'm actually in it, I've seen how many people got here, got into med school without doing research in undergrad. And obviously like for some of the top like research heavy medical schools, you are going to have to have some research background to get into. But I think it's like much more important to find something that you're passionate about because and like for some people it may be research but like if you find something that you're passionate about then you can it's easier to talk about it on your interviews talk about it in your essays and like 
it like has the like the reverse role also that you can talk about how that activity has like impacted you and impacted your thought process about how you go about things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you learn anything specific as an RA in your junior and senior year that you used later on? Um, mainly just like how many people go into making the hospital like a functional unit. And I've learned this more like working in the hospital and stuff, but like everyone in the hospital has like a specific niche that, that like really like only they can fulfill like based on their like abilities, like from doctors to nurses to pharmacists. And like, I did like learn that like research assistants do like play a big role in medicine because like with like our evidence-based medicine now, like all of these like medications and procedures on when to give like a specific patient, which a certain medica medication or another is based on a lot of this like research and analytics that um, all of these like research programs have done to like figure out what's like the best outcome for a patient based on like their specifics and based on their specific scenario. That's a great point. Um, I guess uh, since you, you're, you're just talking about how you helped out in the hospital as a research assistant, is that where you gained shadowing and clinical experiences along with patient interaction experiences? Um, yeah, I did a little bit of shadowing during the summer after my freshman year with like a general surgeon. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also volunteered in the hospital and I think, so for, sh I think shadowing and volunteering are like two like separate things. I think it's shadowing is definitely, I think shadowing is one of like the best things that you can do as a pre-med and it's not it's not as like a resume builder mm -hmm. um but it's more to like make sure that medicine is something that you'd actually want to do because i think none of us like fully know what we're signing up for when we go into medical school and like you need to see like so many different parts about like um what it goes into like being a physician. You have to see like whether you enjoy what they're doing, whether you enjoy like who they're talking to and what like how they like coordinate everyone together. And then you also have to see like how their lifestyle is like if that's um, and like different specialties obviously have like varying like lifestyles associated with them. You have to see like how are you going to be able to enjoy all of the things that you want to do outside of the hospital? So whether it's like hobbies or traveling or having like a family life, like mm -hmm. there's so many, like there's so many things that go into like being a physician and like most of the activities that you do in like undergrad and undergrad and like high school, like, won't really prepare you for both the, like the good and like the bad parts or like the harder parts of being a physician. So I think like by shadowing like a, like, like this general surgeon, I was able to see like which parts of like the hospital I like enjoyed and like which parts that are something that I would like have to like maneuver through and like see like how much I would be okay with. Interesting. Did you, 
did you, I guess, uh, since you say that shadowing is important to really understand if the physician life is for a pre-med student, did you have any doubts um, along your, you know, along the road when you were shadowing or maybe doing something else um, in your pre-med journey um, because of, you know, maybe seeing some part of the physician life or whatever the work they were doing that you kind of didn't really want to do or disliked and you kind of had to push yourself a little extra to stay on the journey that you're on now? Um, I would say as a pre-med, I think I was a little bit more maybe like naive and like didn't really like see all of like the difficult parts of being a physician. But I think like as a medical student, I've like experienced it a lot more. And like, there have definitely been times where like, you'll just like see like a doctor, like talk to patients and also like talk to like other like residents or other physicians and like go through all of like the wide array of like, like for a specific like patient's condition, they can go through like a wide array of like different diagnoses that it could be and like different treatment options based on each diagnosis. And like, sometimes you'll like be thinking to yourself, like, I have no idea, like how I'm going to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And like, or even like, there are other things where like, you see like a, like a doctor, like empathize with like a patient going through like a terminal illness. And you like wonder, like, how would I be like in that, in that scenario also? So like, those type of things, like I have like, like, I've like wondered about myself, like how I would um, be in that situation too, as a medical student. But I think as a pre-med, like, I don't know, like if I just like didn't think about it as much at the time. Yeah, but that's definitely a great food for thought, um, especially when it comes to seeing things that are maybe the the harder aspects of a physician's life. Um, You can usually gain patient interaction through clinical experiences or shadowing, but I feel like um, patient interaction could also be through a multitude of activities and programs. And this is something that I guess a lot of um, these traditional, you know, med school counselors and advisors usually preach saying like, you you can do this outside of, you know, shadowing a doctor. Uh, How did you gain patient interaction skills and was it mainly through shadowing or did you do any sort of service work that uh, helped you gain similar skills? Yeah, I mean, most of like the skill, like those specific skills to interact with the patient, like you're going to develop those in medical school by like, we do like mock interviews with like standardized patients. And like, that's when you can like, um, practice a lot of those skills. But I think some of the most important things that most important skills that you need to learn you need to have as a physician is just being able to like listen to a person's problems and empathize with them and you can do that through like so many different opportunities other than even if the person is like not a patient that you're talking to like if Mm -hmm. it's like volunteering at like a food kitchen or like working with children at like a science museum like they're like like when you're when you're like interviewing a patient, you're not like, you're like, you have to like, remember that you're interacting with a person also. Like, it's like, you, you almost like don't want to like think about them as like a patient and think about them as like 
any like family member or any person if they were coming to you with a problem like how would you go about helping them in that situation and those skills I, I think can be learned anywhere whether anywhere even if it's not in the hospital setting mm-hmm. how much of the med school applica- applicants um i guess application and resume is um based on their or evaluated based on their patient interaction experience or clinical experiences or shadowing is that a incredibly large part of it or is that more just kind of supplementing mcat and gpa scores um so i would say shadowing has little to like no impact on actually getting like actually getting into medical school and like building that resume i think shadowing is something you should do for yourself and to make sure that this is like the field that you want to go into um with regards to volunteering and all of these other things those are those are like i would say they're huge impacts or they're huge parts of the application process because they want to make sure that you actually do want to like give back to your community because i think like especially as a pre-med and there are like are definitely like a decent amount of people who want to go and or like who think that they're going into med school because like it's like a high achieving field but like in reality like i think if you're not passionate about like medicine and like giving back to your community it like it becomes hard to find like joy from the field mm-hmm. that you're in yeah that that is that's a great point um i think that people don't really uh take that into consideration they kind of get caught up in the whole physician life and physician um i guess status as opposed to what it really takes um, internally and externally to to get to that point um so now moving to you know your your med school days which is what you're currently in um so you you're finishing your junior year at michigan back in 2017 and you begin the application cycle for med school uh, did you ever think about taking a gap year? Um, what are some factors that drove you to go directly into med school? Um, so yeah, at the time, I didn't really think about taking a gap year too much. Like as I was applying, I knew that like I had to think about what I would do um, if I didn't get into med school. But I know like looking back, I think like I think a gap year can be like helpful to anyone, anyone who doesn't go into med school right away because you learn like so many life skills that like you almost don't have the opportunity to learn if you go straight into med school. Like I know like so many of my friends, they have like the responsibility, they learn like the responsibility of like working in like a company or like, and like, I didn't get a chance to do like an internship while I was in college, which I kind of, which I kind of wish I had done because like working for someone and like being in like a team job environment, like that's something that like teaches you a lot about yourself and a lot about how to interact with other people. And I think just like studying for four years and then going and studying again for four more years, I didn't like get that opportunity to like learn some of those skills and like I mean like it's fine like I'm like just learning them on the spot and just like seeing them like as I'm like in the clinical environment now 
but even like other things like you could have the opportunity to like explore the world and like travel and like learn like explore different hobbies like cooking and I think like you can I think by like taking a gap year you can learn a lot about yourself and so like even though like I didn't take one at the time like I would like highly recommend it to anyone who's like considering it okay and uh, because you touched up touched on hobbies um I wanted to ask you quickly about um what you did outside of classes and you know applications and MCAT prep and basically anything pre-med outside of those. Um, did you do anything for yourself or, to, you know, for your hobbies uh, that you just kind of uh, wish that you did more of or wish that you can still keep doing now? Um, yeah, so I guess like, uh, just so you know, like once you get into med school, it's not like you have to like give up all your hobbies and like just be like, solely driven to like only do medicine like <laughs> if you like plan out your day and like plan out your like weeks and stuff like it is like very easy and manageable to like find time for these hobbies and like do all of them so like in my like, college like especially like junior I, I played tennis in high school and like especially like junior and senior year like even when I was busy like I tried to find time to like go back and like continue to play and then like a lot of like my hobbies were pretty much just like hanging out with my friends like I think undergrad is like a time in your life that you don't really get to go back to and like you don't really get the chance to like stay up to like one in the like <laughs> two three in the morning like just talking with your friends or like playing video games like it's like a very unique point in your life where even though you're learning like even though you're studying for all these classes, like you don't have like a lot of the full like responsibilities that like you might have as an adult. And like, mm -hmm. there's like a lot more freedom in your life to like do things as you want and like. Yeah, there's a, there's a really big uh, gray area when it comes to your undergraduate years because you are working towards being like a full-fledged adult, but you're not really living the life of a full-fledged adult, which is, yeah. uh, it, I mean, obviously there's a lot of pros and cons with that. And I think people my age specifically are really missing out on that opportunity to, like you said, you know, play video games, play sports with friends, you know, stay, uh, staying up and, you know, fooling around. Like those are just like classic college things. And I think these days, everything, you know, since we're all either at home or, you know, still locked up inside, it's, it's definitely something that we're all looking forward to. Um, I guess going back to your application process, uh, did you use any specific resources during your application process or even um, like, you know, human resources like a, a counselor, mentor, or even your advisors at Michigan? Um, yeah, so I pretty much like, um, I think my main go-to person was like one of my cousins who was like a few years older than me and like, went through like the similar application process, like just right, like a few years before me. And I think like talking to someone who's gone through it and like knows like which pitfalls to avoid and like which things might be helpful. Like, I think those are like really good mentors to have. And those like mentors, like, especially if like it's in like the field of medicine, like you can like 
continue to keep them throughout your career like and continue to ask them like questions once you're in like residency interviews and then like finding a job and like figuring out like which fields to go into Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's important to like build like a group of people that you trust and like value their opinion to like go back to and reach out because I think most, especially in the field of medicine, I think most of the people I've met to have been like completely like helpful and like they want to like help like the like coming generation to help build like the new like healthcare, healthcare community. Yeah, that's definitely a great uh great point that I'll have to consider in my future. Uh, Personally, I don't have really uh, many relatives or, I guess, um, family friends who are in medicine. So it's definitely something that I had to get on soon enough to kind of build that network for the future. Uh, So first of all, thank you for that information. Did you have a hectic secondary application process and interview stage? Um, Yeah, the secondary applications is definitely like they come at you like pretty fast. Like, I think if I remember like the like general specific timeline was like you applied in like June and then you had to wait a month for like your application to get verified. And then as soon as your application was verified, like every school that you applied to was sending you a secondary application <laughs> and each one had like three or four like small essays and then you had to apply to them. Like you had to like send them back within like a couple days almost right away. Wow. Um, so I do remember it was like pretty busy, but I think you can like just like a general like advice is I'm pretty sure you can go look up like all of the questions that the they have on these secondary applications beforehand on like Reddit or like student mm-hmm. doctor network or something. And you can like if you like if you feel the need, you can like do some of them beforehand. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually end up doing that. I think I just started doing them as they started coming out. But a lot of the, a lot of the um, essays do actually like repeat or like have very like similar similarities between the yeah. schools. So a lot of them, I was able to like write one general essay and then modify that essay to like each specific school and what I wanted from each school. Mm-hmm. So it's very in in a way it's a, a bit similar to the college application process because uh, like I personally like I applied to a decent amount of integrated med programs and I feel like most of those essays in those programs were essentially the same um, and I feel like when it comes to the secondary application um, essays they might be also uh, you said that they they take about a month to verify your application and then they immediately send you the secondary application uh is there a way for them to kind of filter through applications in the sense that like maybe you didn't get um a secondary application from a certain school uh, and do they give you reasons why um I think when it comes to the secondary application I think most schools do they might have like a minimum like MCAT cutoff score but I think a lot of schools do generally give you the opportunity to like at least like fill out the secondary application and apply to them. Um, Mainly because like, they don't wanna like filter out students. Like it helps them, it helps you and it helps them. Like it helps (laughs) you give, get an opportunity to like apply to their med school and it helps them because they get like, if if nothing else, they get like the fee that you pay. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like people don't really realize the importance of med school interviews until they actually get to that point. Um, like I kind of, this is just something that I've learned um, like a couple of weeks ago going down that rabbit hole on YouTube when I started watching like med school prep interviews and um, these, I feel like people think they're very similar to college interviews in, in the sense that they may be optional or done by alumni as essentially like supplementary material. Uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about how how different med school interviews are and how prepared or how you prepared for them or learn how to do them? Yeah, so like, um, so I think the med schools are now split up into two types of interview types. So there's one that's like the standard interview where you go in and you talk to someone for like 30 minutes to an hour and they just ask you different questions about like, why do you want to go into med school? Like, what are like the biggest, like, what's like one flaw that you have or like one regret that you have from college or like, and like how have your like activities molded you into who you are? And then there's the second type of med school interview, which is becoming a lot more popular now is called the MMI, which is like the multiple mini interview where Mm -hmm. they, they, you essentially go through a series of, a series of like several interviews and they give you two minutes to read a prompt on a, on like on a piece of paper. And then you go in and talk about talk about this with the interviewer and many of these prompts aren't even related to medicine like I think I remember there was like there was one like question where it was like if you were gonna like donate something to like a rural community in another country and you could choose to give them like like a business like give them money to fund a business or you could give them money to like fund like vaccines or you just give them money to buy like cows and sheep to like uh produce like to like as like a food source for them like which would you choose and like defend your like explanation and like defend why you wouldn't pick the other ones and I think that is like something that you can definitely prepare for or you can't prepare as well for it but you can just prepare by doing a lot of like different practice of just engaging in like interview like practice interviews Mm -hmm. about just random topics like I think what me and my friends did is um, we would just go and we would sit down and like one of our friends would just pick random questions to talk about and we would just talk about it for like five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think like, in terms of preparing for the interviews, like, yeah, you can like look up questions, look up like different interview questions that you think there might be online. But I think just like practicing with your friends is like a really good way to go about it. Because even like, like interviewing is like a subtle art where you have to like, talk yourself up without being without sounding (laughs) like you're bragging or like narcissistic but you have to still like promote yourself and I think like doing with that with your friends can almost be like is almost like better practice than doing it with like a stranger because like at least like my friends they would like call me out on it if I was like not talking about myself enough or if I was like bragging too much in a situation Mm -hmm. yeah it's a great form of yeah just practicing with other people helps a lot 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess when it comes to those um, those MMI questions, I feel like those are very similar to behavioral questions when it comes to like consulting interviews or you know business interviews. And a lot of pre-meds don't really take that into account uh, because they think that that's you know almost exclusive to those fields and not to you know, medicine and, um, you know, med school interviews. So it's great to know that those are also involved, you know, those are also, yeah, I guess, integrated into med school interviews because it definitely keeps people on their feet. Um, how did you decide on University of Toledo's College of Medicine? Um, so University of Toledo actually ended up being the only school that I ended up getting into. So that wasn't like too much of a decision for me, but like speaking on like some of the things that like I found out when I got in here, um, there are like so many good things that I've liked about Toledo because mm -hmm. it is like a smaller school, like it is. And just in terms of like staffing and like physicians and like advisors, like it's smaller in that sense, but we have like a, we have like a very good like like tight-knit community in here and like our school has like I don't know like if too many other schools have this but they have like they have a dedicated like advisor program and these advisors aren't affiliated with the med school they're actually affiliated with like the undergrad campus hmm. and these advisors help like all grad students but like Toledo has like, it does have like a pretty big like medical school population compared to the other graduate students. So these, um, these advisors, like they go on their own time and they look up like all the Reddit posts on like how to do well on step one mm -hmm. and like, which are like the best study strategies and stuff. Like all mm -hmm. of the things that we might like wait, like we might, like a lot of things that I would have procrastinated, like actually studying and like tried to like research, like what the best way to study was. Like they did like all this research on their own for us without like, without yeah. anyone telling them to and like have like helped us in that sense. And even like our school, like, like every med medical school has like its own flaws and like you, you'll see like they have like difficulties with like implementing new policies and stuff like that. But like, especially with like COVID this year, um, a lot of schools had trouble. A lot of the students in my year had trouble like taking their step one exam. Mm -hmm. And our school actually time from when we were supposed to, to like throughout our third year of medical school. And they also like, gave us like an extra two weeks of like Christmas holidays because some, so some people could take it during that time. And they mm -hmm. let us use like our elective as like flex time to just take like a month off and just study for step one. So I think they were wow. like very cognizant of like a lot of the difficulties people were going through in my year mm -hmm. and like gave us that flexibility to like put ourselves in the best position to succeed. Interesting. And do you think that's a, uh... Do you think that's indicative of other med schools in the sense that the other med schools also adjusted similar uh, similar to yours uh, during the pandemic or even before uh, when it comes to just catering to, I guess, the needs of their students? Um, I know that it has been like a, like a difficulty of like many med schools during the past. Mm -hmm. I know like 
some of the like med schools that my friends were at like I heard like they were just told like yeah you need to like take med you need to take that like step one before you enter clinical rotations otherwise you just have to take time off mm -hmm. and so I'm like very like thankful that our like med school gave us like that flexibility in that sense and I know like not everyone across the nation was like given that same flexibility yeah that's definitely um that's definitely a great situation to be in. And now you're in your third year of med school at Toledo. Um, obviously, this is past step one. Um, was any of your preparation or classes, um, were they affected towards the end of your second year because of the pandemic? And I know you kind of touched up on this uh, with the step one part, but, spe but specifically with your preparation for step one. Yeah, so, so the way med school is set up is like you study you're like first we studied up until February of this year just doing like clinical classes mm -hmm. and then we had like the end of February until like middle of April to study for our step one exam which was like right around the time that everything was getting like shut down or across the country mm -hmm. so we were like three weeks into like and that period is called like your dedicated period and so we okay. were three weeks into this dedicated and probably had like another three weeks left before I was gonna take this exam before it got canceled and oh. like the um, the it's like the Prometric testing center that hosts the step one exam which I think is similar to the MCAT for okay. a lot of places but um they kept like pushing back when they were getting canceled or when they were going to reopen their testing centers and then they would reopen some and like not others and then some would be at like half capacity and like others would like would be at full capacity and then they would like just randomly select half the people to get canceled during wow. the day so like we ended up like pushing my test back like five or six times like I was supposed to take it at the beginning of April and it was going to be like five like six weeks of dedicated and then I ended up like not even being able to take it until the like middle of June wow um before i took my, like my exam so i think, do you think like, that affected your your preparation uh, do you think you uh did better because of that or do you think maybe all that extra time kind of uh, resulted in you know changes in schedule and all that and maybe added stress um yeah i definitely think it added a lot of stress like looking back like like with medicine it's almost like there's so much information that like by the time like you like if you just keep studying for like 14 weeks like by the time you get to week seven like you forget like all the stuff you learned in like week one and everything <laughs> like that so I don't know like I don't think that in my opinion that like it helped very much to have that extra time to study I think it just like added it didn't add like stress, but it just made it so that I was in that stressful period for a longer yeah. period of time than I would have been if I Makes had sense. like take it earlier. But mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I can't say like in the like long run, I would have done better if mm -hmm. I had like been able to take it in six weeks versus like 14 weeks. But I think it was just like a longer period of like a stressful time. Yeah, yeah. 
So your third year is when core clinical rotations begin. And uh, before we discuss your thoughts and you know your feelings about your rotations so far, um, how how have things changed for you um, during the pandemic? Is any of your education virtual right now? Um. So once we like are enter into rotations, there's not like too much like in person lectures. Like we usually have like maybe like an hour or two each week and students are are like all around it like a bunch of different hospitals so even even like pre-covid all of that would have been virtual regardless um and like i never i didn't get the opportunity to see how rotations were structured before covid so i can't like i can't say for certain that it's what the differences are from now to then but i know like like one of like this isn't even like a big like thing in terms of like my education but i remember like i was in my surgery rotation and and like obviously like in surgery like people are wearing people were wearing masks like way before like Mm -hmm. anyone had even heard about like COVID 19 and like when we started our rotations like we weren't like completely sure like which rules were like rules that were in place for a long time and which rules were like have like just now begun to be in place like like we had to wear like these like chemistry goggles when we Mm -hmm. started off um in our surgery rotation and it wasn't like until like almost like a couple weeks in that I realized like like surge like most surgeons don't like we're never wearing like any goggles beforehand like this is yeah. like like was like a new thing and like i didn't know like yeah like i didn't know like which rules were like covid rules and which rules were just like general hospital precautions but mm-hmm. i think overall i would say like the residents and the physicians have been doing like a very good job about making sure that we get like an adequate amount of patient interaction during our rotations because that's those are like the biggest skills that we're learning right now as a third year like how to talk to patients like what are like the specific questions we should be asking them like listening to them like empathizing with them and I think they've done like a very good job of like still giving us that us that opportunity and also still like teaching us about how to think about certain patients and how to think about what different like making like a differential diagnosis for them like in that sense i don't feel like my education has been like compromised in that sense any Mm -hmm. way yeah yeah that that makes a lot of sense because especially when it comes to rotations i feel like if you haven't experienced uh rotations in pre-covid times then it's really hard to really tell what the differences are now but those kind of subtle differences are um and i think those subtle differences are kind of here to stay because it it's almost a matter of public health uh at this point um how have your experiences in your first semester rotations influenced your thoughts about a specific field within within medicine uh in your future do you have any ideas of what you know what may be in stock for um your future um, yeah, so I think now that I've finished like ha- more than half of my like core rotations and like I have a general idea about how 
what's like in store for like the upcoming rotations. I think most likely I'm going to apply for internal medicine. Um, for me, I just liked like the big picture approach to like helping patients out and like you managing like helping out their short-term problems whether it's like some like heart failure or exacerbation while also dealing with like the big picture issues that um with things that like could have prevented that exacerbation from even happening like trying to get them to like abstain from like alcohol or like cigarette use and things mm -hmm. like that like i think dealing with like all of these like complex issues while trying to like put priority on like the on like they're like presenting problem like i enjoyed like that type of like critical thinking skill that like comes with it so uh i guess to wrap up our um portion of i guess essentially the the rest of this interview I'd like to ask you two quick questions about med school. What do you love the most and what do you dislike the most about med school? Um, okay, so for what I like the most, um, I think the like the community aspect of it and what I mean by that is like all of like the friends that I've like made in med school, like I think they're gonna be like lifelong friends. And it's like interesting because we're all going through the same thing at like the same time and i know like in college it's very different because a lot of your friends are doing different majors or they're like they have different like career goals and like here especially like in the first two years of med school like everyone's going through like a lot of the same problems a lot of the same struggles and like they understand like what you're what you're going through on like a day-to-day -day basis like Mm -hmm. like in some sense like like one thing is like like in college I was going to bed at like one or one two a.m sometimes and now like in med school I go to bed at like so, some days it's like 9 30 or 10 p.m huh. and like just because of like how like tired I am at the end of the day and like all like my friends here know like exactly like what I'm going through at that time and like they're able to like help me out through like the good, the bad days and like the good days. Mm -hmm. And that stuff has been like really good to like experience that with them throughout these like first two and a half years. Yeah, I think um, um, a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of people understand that lifelong friends are usually made um, after college or even during college if you're kind of on similar paths because it's easier to empathize with the difficulties as well as the the successes um, of an individual and you know especially when you're going through um, a lot like you are currently in med school um, I guess now what is something that you dislike about med school? Um, so I know for like one of the things that like has been like harder to process for med school is like you have to like almost balance like which interests and hobbies outside of medicine are like the most important to you and which ones that are like you could almost do without and you like almost have to like structure your life and say like okay this is like um this is like the time that I want to spend to like 
do things like outside of med school and like these are the things that I'm going to prioritize when I do it like like one of the things like I've like given up sometime is like I don't watch like every like Michigan football game anymore <laughs> I'd rather use that free time to like go play tennis or just to go like have dinner with my friends and so like I think you have to like just think about like what are the most important things for you in your life and like make sure that you take time to like keep up with those things because like it is like like med school is like a very stressful time and it's like important to like take care of yourself also during that yeah and uh I think after after this uh year of Michigan football I don't think you missed out on much. Yeah, I don't think uh, so <laughs> so you definitely year. you definitely made the right choice to go play some tennis which I uh love also uh, before we wrap up, I'd like to put you through a little bit of a speed round, if you're up for it. Um, okay, yeah, sounds good. The The rules are three questions. First question requir- requires three answers. Second question requires two. Last one requires one. So first question, in your opinion, what are the three toughest pre-med classes? Okay, so for me, like... Um... Oh, by the way, before I, sh- I should preface this by saying that the entire orgo sequence counts as one class because... Yeah, yeah. That's... So for me, actually, like... I wasn't as good at like memorizing things, just like root memorization. So I actually found the classes like biology and um, like biochemistry very hard. Mm -hmm. And then also like, I would say like, I think like the P chemistry, like the P chem class took like a lot of effort too. So I think those are like the three hardest classes. Yeah, those are probably the two out of three hardest classes for me and I haven't even taken one of them yet so (laughs) uh second question name your two favorite pastimes during college at Michigan um so I think one of the biggest like one of them was obviously like game day and like like just experiencing that with all your friends like another Mm -hmm. one was probably like um just like going to like your friend's apartment at like midnight and just staying up and like talking to them and to like 2 3 a.m like sometimes it was like sometimes it was about like just like serious things going on in your life and sometimes it was like just having a debate about like who like just something silly like who like the best basketball player was or something like that Mm -hmm. like just like the freedom that we had like during that to like be able to just hang out with our friends whenever we wanted to yeah I think I missed both those a lot um yeah like you um, last question, outside of healthcare or public health, realistically, what other field or profession would you pursue? And the reason why I say realistically is because I feel like if I were asked this question, I would immediately be like, oh, I would go to the league and play, play some basketball or like <laughs> become a tennis pro or something. But um, yeah, so realistically, what would you do? Um, I think I really would have enjoyed something like in the business field, like finance or like marketing or like something like that because um you get to still have a lot of those like interpersonal skills that you have to use in medicine and then it also like incorporated like a lot of like the other like interests like like the quick like critical thinking skills that like I enjoy and I think that's like one of the other big things that drove me to medicine was Mm -hmm. like that each patient is like their own like unique person and you have to like think about each patient you have to think about differently, like how, how like I help this patient, how, how am I best suited to help this patient? And I think like a lot of that, like, 
lack of monotony in like the day-to-day life like each day is like different I think that's like two of the things like one of the reasons that like I enjoyed like I enjoy medical school and like these are clinical mm-hmm. rotations and I think I would also enjoy like a lot of the like aspects of like marketing or like finance and things like that interesting that's a that's a great conclusion to an amazing interview um thank you so much Avi for taking the time out of your day to sit down with me and discuss your story. I personally learned a lot from this, obviously, because um, I would hope to be in, in your shoes in a couple of years, uh, you know, as a prospective med student. Um, I also hope that those who have made it to the end of this conversation have also uh, took something out of this. Before we finish, do you have any quick advice you want to share? It could be as general or specific you want. Yeah. Um. make sure you're doing something that you're passionate about whether it's like it ends up being medicine or like they're like even if like medicine isn't what you think fulfills you the most there are like still so many other ways that you can help out people and like like medicine doesn't have to be the only way that you help out people and I think that works like both ways like make sure just because you want to like help people and like give to others like make sure that medicine is like the specific way that you want to go about that goal in life Mm -hmm. because um like there are so many people in the world that give like give to others and help others and so just like try to like find experiences that can help you like if you want to go to medicine like solidify your decision to go to medicine um not for like any like resume building but just more to like make sure that that's something that you that's a field that you would enjoy doing for the like next 40 years of your life yeah that's a great point and a great way to end a and a really great episode uh to all those listening if you enjoyed this episode please uh subscribe follow uh share this uh, share this with anyone who might want to learn more about a medical student's journey throughout undergrad and now through med school. Uh, In addition, please follow Health Outlook on social media for more information about future episodes. Uh, Thank you, Avi, and thank you to all of you who've made it to the end, and I wish you all the best of luck. Okay, and thanks, Sunny. Thanks for having me here.